Hello, everyone. A very quick one from me. It would be a massive help to us with our ambition to help as many recruiters as possible achieve their goals and also inspire the next generation to choose recruitment as a career if you hit that follow and subscribe button. If you're someone that prefers to learn in a visual way, we've also recently invested a lot in our video podcast experience. So in the show notes, you'll always be able to find the link to watch the video on our YouTube channel and make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Hisham Azuz. And on this week's episode, I was joined by Christian Boyle. This is a slightly different episode, but a very important one. One of the biggest factors to your success within recruitment is your mindset. And Christian Hoyle is a performance and mindset coach. I've really enjoyed watching his journey from afar, sharing some great content on LinkedIn, and I was really excited to have him in the studio. And what we spoke about in this episode was everything from unlocking your inner confidence, why we have limiting beliefs, and ultimately how we can build the mindset, the resilience that we need and want to achieve the goals that we want in our careers and in our personal life. Enjoy the episode. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me, mate. Mega excited to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah. Look, thank you so much for making the effort. Had a bit of a challenging one. Mm. You got the call up, you showed up, had a couple of people cancel for things that they couldn't control. So I'm super excited to be sitting down with you. As I said the other week, really enjoyed connecting with you mm. via screen. Got your energy, picked up on it really quick. And as I said, I've really enjoyed seeing over the last, probably definitely the last like six or so months, you popping up on my LinkedIn, mm. seeing videos of you getting recruiters to present, share things. So just to give everyone a bit of context before we get into this, it's going to be a slightly different one, this conversation, but I think it's an absolutely important one. For me, from all these conversations, the people that I meet in our industry, one of the biggest reasons why people are successful is down to their mindset. And Chris, I know I was looking at your journey. You've you've been on a really interesting journey from mm. education to founding a, a clothing company to now, obviously, over the last three years, being a performance and mindset coach. And why I'm excited to sit down with Chris is, yeah, over the last couple of years, you found yourself working with a bunch of different recruitment companies, mm. working with some amazing people in our industry, even have your son in in the recruitment industry. And we are today going to talk about what has Chris learned since working with our industry? What are the common pitfalls when it comes to mindset? What does Chris find himself helping a lot of recruiters with? I want to get his frameworks, principles that he lives by and, and the things that he finds really help people maximize their potential in our industry from a mindset perspective. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But I guess as we always like to do, we like to kick it off with a million pound question. Mm-hmm. Let's get Chris's take on what he believes are the common characteristics and traits of a highly successful recruiter in today's market. Let's start there. So, uh, yeah, I'm totally excited to be here, mate. Just a quick one before we start. I learned a lot about you in a very short period of time because I observed your actions because mm. it's not what we say, it's what we do. And how you went about getting me here, the organisations, the questions you asked, the questions that you gave me for today were just on point so much. They made me start thinking in a different way and I saw I saw what you've got. It's really <laughs> impressive. So, yeah, thanks for Appreciate that. that. So I'm only going to read off the list once, but it was quite exciting. The first question was characteristics of a recruiter. I thought of my son. How nice is that? It's pretty cool. Mm. 
So like enthusiasm, eagerness, without a doubt, you've got to be enthusiastic every day. Every day is a new day and you need to start it and be enthusiastic. As soon as you've lost that, you've lost the mojo, you're not going to be able to keep going forward. Bounce back. Because I always say this little thing, this is life. This is life. This is recruitment. Mm. Just like that. The highs are great and the lows are so low and you've got to be able to bounce back from every one of them. Self-confidence. It's a must. It's like every in every entrepreneur, recruiter, everything, every professional needs it. Self-confidence is crucial. You've got to believe in yourself because no one else will believe in you other than what you'll believe in yourself. You've got to be a goal setter. You've got to have more motivation than any other profession that I've ever seen. It was very interesting. I was having a chat the other day. How many recruiters now are listening when they were younger? They said, what do you want to be when you're older? I want to be a recruiter. There wasn't many, mm. you know what I mean? But they fell into professionality and they wanted to do it. Optimism. You must be an eternal optimistic person because especially as we go into this year, we hear a lot about the recession, different things going on. It's all about what can you make happen, not what's bad's going on in the background. It's what you face with and you've got to make the best of it. So I just think that's so much resilience, belief. You've got to be here to fight. You've got to have some fight in you. If you get knocked down and stay down, you'll be there forever. But in recruitment, what I've noticed is constant. Like, as I'm not a recruiter, so I get to look at it from the outside, you get some kicks in the face mm. down there, and it's how you get up from that. Mm. And I think, do you know what? Someone else said to me recently, said, uh, a lot of our youngsters aren't really up for it anymore. I disagree. Because when you go in recruitment, and I meet so many of them, they're up for it. They're people who are getting knocked down to the floor, getting back up and bouncing back up. Not every one of them. I'm talking about the elite of them. But I've been massively impressed by the standard of people out there. And it's been like, it's been really nice for me. I, I enjoy it. I buzz off seeing people, seeing them move on and making it happen. The last one is just the process. Mm. Everything's a process. Coming here this morning was a process. Your process was things went against you today. And what did you do? You just go on with it. Mm. You kept going. Go back to the process. Keep it going. Keep to the process, everything happens. And yeah, I just think, yeah, it's tough being a recruiter, but follow them simple principles and you'll get as far as you can be with it. Yeah, nice. So let's definitely, I want to really go into like principles and as you saw, you saw a bunch of questions that I think would be really helpful. But why, why don't we just to add a bit of colour to who you are and how you've arrived here. You used it a couple of times, you sent it in your voice note this morning and also when we were on um, the video call, I think you mentioned it, you sort of said that you're the classic story of a father like who yeah. had, didn't have a father, basically. So what, why don't we just start there and, and why that's like an important, yeah, part of the journey or why, yeah, I don't know, because you've said that a couple of times. Yeah, I say that because it used to be my chip on my shoulder. You know, I didn't know it was my chip on the shoulder. I mean, you find this a lot. I can instantly, when I work with someone and sit down, I can tell. Because I think about my children. They've got a great mum and dad who support them 100% of the way. They give them confidence. They give them belief. They follow them. I ring them every day. I send them messages. I'm up. When you haven't got that, you need to find it from inside. Mm. And the thing is, especially with men, what we find we're doing is we're always proving ourselves. There's a certain calmness about someone that's from a nice, stable background, but when you haven't had that advantage, it's in you. And until you find out that day what you're, you know, like, I was always proving myself, always having to be the loud one, always having to be like the cocky, self-assured, you know, possibly, you know, that fine line between confidence and arrogance. I think I stepped on the wrong line quite a lot of the time. I think if anyone knows me, probably thought of my past. That's That was true, and I've learned about that. And the difference really for me is now is when you spot that, like, everyone I work with, especially in that predicament, I feel like I'm their dad. Mm. And I try and act like I'm my, my kids. Because how I am with my kids, I, I, when I sit in a room with someone, you've got me, and I'm going to be that for you. And when they're in that room, I'm, I, I'm your biggest advocate, and I want the best for you. And I think that 
you know, that when people sit down, I give them that. Mm. And I always think, I've got this thing with my own kids and I, I know they'd happily say this. I've always wanted to be what I didn't get. And I always do it all the time, you know, mm. and I have an amazing relationship and it's like work. You create what you want by what you put in. Do you know what I mean? I'm here today. I knew what my expectations were because you put them to me by your actions. You didn't tell me what the expectations are. I just knew how you were doing it. I knew when I was coming, what I was going to expect. And this is just part of it. And it's brilliant. <laughs> and your podcast brilliant. You just come across really good. And I just think, you know, like we're all unique individuals and we just need to find out what that is. And I can definitely think that not having a, not having the perfect family thing makes you be the perfect family thing. And, you know, one of your questions at the end, which I don't have an answer for, funnily enough, you asked about a victim mindset. Mm. I've never been a victim of my circumstance. And I think that when people become a victim of the circumstance, it holds them back. And I think that I find it difficult because I've never let that happen. And I could be, just like loads of other people, and, I could, and, and, and I'm not. And I think that one of my things that I give to everyone is not to be that. Mm. You know, don't let don't let the past hold you back. Just live today. Yeah, you can definitely take that for granted. What you're talking about, like you've just said, the way that you described, you support your children, and then someone not having that, it's, it's a big difference. Mm. And I think when you do have parents, obviously they can piss you off. You can get annoyed at them. <laughs> these things you can you can sort of take that for granted. But I think as you get older and wiser, you recognise sort of how, like you said, foundational that was, and how much of actually a positive impact that had. Why don't you just share with us then, you're a performance and mindset coach. What does that mean? Yeah. Why don't we just... Why don't we I just... always call myself a mindset and performance coach. A mindset cause... and performance coach. Let's, like, let's just... Yeah, what does that mean? So mindset's like uh, my obs- personal obsession. So, do you know, like, if you get into something that's your obsession, it, it becomes a beautiful thing to do and you're passing on something that's your gift and your gift isn't something that you were just born with. You earn it by practising the process and moving forward. Mindset's how you think. How you think about obstacles, how you think about challenges, how you think about your habits, how you think, you know, what's your view on life? What's your perspective? So the way I look at things is always in a way to match what's the best possible outcome from it. So when I'm talking about mindset, I'm talking about it's a daily practice in your life or from the beginning of the day till the end of the decisions you make during that day and how you push yourself and how you believe in yourself. The thing with mindset as well is, it's not always mega intact. You're not always this perfect being that you are, but you recognise when you've dropped it. You know, you, there's a persona, a fixed persona that we've all got and we're all fighting. And at some point it comes in, I can't do this, I'm not good enough for this. Little things that eat away like a gremlin in your mind. And it's about recognising that and moving forward and changing it and flipping the thought. So when you talk about performance, I love this. Okay. <laughs> so I sit down with, let's say I was sitting down with you now. Mm. You know exactly what you need to do better. Mm. I don't know. You do straight away. And mm. what I've got to do is get in this little bit in here, open the little bit of a chest because you let me in, because you've got to let me in to open it. And when you let me in, you tell me what it is you know you need to do to be better. And it can be absolutely anything. It can be the time of day you get up. It could be if you read, it could be your relationships, it could be your food, it could be water. It could be how much you travel, it could be how you travel, it could be how much you sleep, what you do. It's every single tiny little detail that you need to improve to work out that you're better within yourself. When I was younger, I used to get up five minutes before I went out. Well, I say five minutes. And when I was at uni and I'd had a little kiddie then, so I had a kid early, and I was I had to do some building work, they'd be outside and I'd be in bed. And then when I'd get up, run out and get there, A, they'd be annoyed. So they're starting off on a day they're annoyed with me. I would be stressed 
But I didn't see stress then, so I created it myself. Now I'm a minimum hour before I even want to leave the place because I realised for me to be at my best, I need time to think in the morning mm. to do the process to get ready. It's actually an hour and a half, if I have to be honest, because I, I fit in some exercise and whatnot. But it's like small things. And when they tell it you, they know it. And you, all you want to do then is make them actionable responses between now and you come back that they're going to do certain things to improve it. And the idea is that it makes something become a habit. Because mm. when something becomes a habit, you do it naturally. You do it all the time without even thinking about it. And if you can do that, like I've created some amazing habits in the morning that have made my morning start my day. And then I'm in the right frame of mind to keep going. And the amazing thing about me is, and this is the thing I say about mindset, life is ups and downs. So you're not all, it's not always going to be brilliant, but if you keep your mindset intact when it's down and you act the same and you do the same process, same principles, you might not feel better, but you will action each of, the, each of them different things that you do and you'll get to where you want to be by keeping to the process. So it's a matter of you are what you do. And if you do the right things, you'll perform better. And mm. it's accepting that, you know, other ones like people type going to bed or going to bed with a phone on or different things, what it is, but I need to find out what it is so I can remove it and they can be better and move forward and perform better. So like, and then let's just make this a bit practical then. So if I'm a recruiter or recruitment business, what does that actually look like? So you sit him down with me. I think you've got like a course that you take people through. I don't mm. know, like what does it actually look like in practice? Are you sitting down and coaching people on a one-on-one -on -one basis once a month? Like what does that actually look like? So I run workshops. So okay. I, my first workshop they ever do is on mindset. And it is, I don't want to say it, but it's, I think it's phenomenal because mm. it's the ideology of what it is that you set your own limits, no one else. Mm. And I use a great example. I love uh, Nim who did the 14 peaks in a really short period of time. His mindset is the most impeccable I've ever seen. And I do a little, sh I use him a lot because he has no limits. Mm. You know, no one can do them 14 peaks in that time. But at the end of his things, he says one thing that susses him up in one simple statement. He says, giving in, it's not in my blood. <laughs> and that's a simple mindset thing. Because if you don't give in, that's the thing. People give in. You know, if you don't give in and you keep going through a failure or a setback, you will always get to where you want to be. Mm. You know, this morning you rang me up on Tuesday to ask me to come here and I knew this was, no offence, this is good for me. <laughs> people get to know what I do and I know it's going yeah. to be great business development. People get to see what I can offer them and I can bring them to a recruitment agency. I didn't think, oh, it doesn't work my time till I thought, what can I do to my timetable to get here? Yeah. So I said, yeah. yeah. I said, yeah. And I'll always say, here yeah, to something that moves me forward. So it's a workshop and then... What, what we're doing. So like. yeah, we do the workshop and I have a, a range of different workshops that covers a range of them. One of them is thinking about thinking. Mm. So important. So we do the workshops and it gives like a broad idea that I can tell everyone within the, within the team. But then we must sit down on a one-to-one -one because every single person is different. Every person's got a different life, different way of thinking, different way of acting. So we sit down normally between 20 minutes and half an hour and I have a chat about how's it going? Mm. What's going on? What's going well? What's not going well? And the simple question, then we start to go into the box, finding out what mm. is it you know you need to do that you need to do better to be a better person or better at what you're doing. And they go on to tell me some things. And from that, we decide some actions. So but in every single session we do, there's some actions that they're going to take for the next two weeks when I come back in two weeks. Mm. So when I come back in two weeks, I come back, I sit down, and the first thing I'll say is, we decided these actions, have you done it? Mm. And do you know what you'll be amazed by? And this is genuine. Uh, say if I start with 20 people, I get there first thing and 19 of them are doing them, every one of them, mm. because we don't set unrealistic expectations. That's the other thing that, to take into huge account. If you, like, it's like the January yo-yo dieter. 
comes in, I meet him in the gym. I'm always in the gym. I got gym throughout the year and he comes up and he goes, yeah, all right, mate. I'm going to gym five times a week. I'm 1,200 calories a day, free classes at night. I'm not drinking. I've changed my whole lifestyle. We all know that's not going to work. I'm thinking, I'm going, great, it's great, mate. I'm thinking, I could keep up with that and I come here all the time. And so if you give an unrealistic expectation, no one can do it. So you make slight little tweaks, little tweaks. They say 1% a day, every 100 days, it's 100% a change. The tiniest of things that they feel they can do. And I know when I meet them again, if they've done them really easy, we set them a bit harder, you know? And every time we set them and they go through them, the idea is to turn whatever we decided into a habit. Because after a bit, once I leave, because I normally come into a business for three months mm. and work at changing some habits, and then I'll come back later on as a, you know, because what happens is people do all the right things and forget. Mm. Just get on with it. One of your questions, which I thought was amazing, about why do people, uh, you, you asked about why do we all read the books and don't follow it through? I think, like, one of the things that happens, just people forget. You know, yeah. like, I've, I've read books when I'm 20, so I've read a book, forgot about it, and then I'll read it again and think, ah! forgot about that mm. I'll give it a go and I'll use it for a bit and I'll stick with the stuff that's good but some other book comes some other you know there's so many books so many ways to go about it and so many constant change and then you've got your own changing environment that happens with you you know we're in a we're in a changing world so so you mentioned habits a lot and how important what's the days because it's it's definitely well, it's de it's mixed in it it's not it's not the 21 mm, days or whatever mm. it's not that well they say 21 days I would say six weeks I would say six weeks where it comes habitual. We just do it. I've got this funny little, one of my, right, so so I live in the Lake District, I live in Kendall. I literally live opposite Kendall Castle. And one of my habits that, when I've gone through times that a struggle, I've always done this. Does it make me feel better? No, but it makes me feel like, like, so every day I take my dog for a walk, I run up the castle, it's one minute 40, it's uphill. I, I'm running at 100% max, I do it every day. I don't even think of it. So mm. when I'm walking along, I don't think I've got to run up the castle. I naturally do it because habitually that's in me. I couldn't imagine not. Mm. I do it. It's not easy. It's really hard. But once I've done it, I think first thing in the morning, I've got through that. What's next? Mm. You know, I've got into a cold shower now. Mm. That's my new thing. That took me a, quite a bit. Of, I have anyone. Yeah, it's grim. It is grim, but it puts you back in the room. So every time I know I do it, I think I've done that. What can I do next? Mm. Do I do it easy? No chance. I sit there thinking, come on. Do it, do it. And I put it on. Oh, and then if my neighbours must think, God, he gets murdered every morning. He's got something going on. And you know what? Once you do it and it becomes consistent, you keep doing it. And that's what I want people to do. Turn it into a habit. Six weeks. Okay. So let, let's dive into the things you picked up on then in these conversations. Because you would have sat down with... Mm. One of the great things about our industry is, yeah, you get people coming from all different backgrounds, mm. which is really cool, right? Mm. So... Why don't I just start then? Like, what are some of the, the typical things, the most common things that you've seen in people that holds them back when it comes to performance? Just what have you typically uncovered in people and what have you found a lot of when it comes to, yeah, limiting beliefs, barriers to their performance? What have you found most common in people that aren't able to get to where they really like to when it comes to mindset? This podcast is proudly sponsored by Sourcebreaker. I think it's safe to say that in the past two years, the recruitment industry has seen a historical shift. It has been inundated with vacancies, a candidate shortage, and many new recruiters joining the industry. In this candidate-led market, business development hasn't been a priority for many. With a shift in the mist and with many new recruiters now in the industry, the next generation of rookies need to upskill and fast on how to get those much needed job leads. 
This is why I wanted to introduce Sourcebreaker, the recruitment platform that's transforming the way recruiters work. With Sourcebreaker, recruiters can quickly upskill with a market intelligence suite designed to effectively pursue BD opportunities, all from one place, giving your teams a competitive edge in an increasingly changing market. Basically, you spend less time sourcing the internet to find companies that could be hiring. With leads at your fingertips, there's more time to spend on converting leads into placements. Book a Sourcebreaker demo today and see the difference the platform can make. And as you listen to this podcast, you will get a unique discount on this fantastic product. In mindset, we talk about uh, a fixed mindset. Yeah. And we talk about an open and growth mindset. And the thing is, we're all built up of them two things. But what I realise is, I notice when I'm in the fix, I think, whoa, what am I doing? I need to flip what I've just thought then because it's going against who I really am. Sometimes, like, everyone thinks, can I do this? I don't know if I'm good enough. Once I say, can I do this? I don't know if I'm good enough. That becomes, I action that and I turn that into behaviours. It was just a thought in my head. Just a thought. And if I let that thought swim around, the rest of my day lives that I can't do it. Well, what happens if I just change what I thought that? So sometimes I sat with people, it's it's the way they're thinking when things happen. If yesterday was a setback, they bring the setback with them. And when you're in a negative mindset, it's like the law of attraction. Like, we attract things to us. When we're thinking negatively, we're acting negative, our actions are negative, our behaviours are negative. They all, like, accumulate together, and that's what we draw to us. And I constantly see people do it. When I see the top billers who I can spot straight away, because mm. they turn up in that room, they're eager, they want to listen, and they're, they're ready. Where some people just turn up, and I think they think it's going to be a little bit of a dig at them, because they're going to ask them to change or say they're not good enough. And and that's the difference, really, that people who want to be top biller, they want to be top biller because they're willing to do anything to be top biller. Whatever change they need to make, they'll make it. Whatever thing they need to learn, they'll learn it. They'll follow it. They'll do that. They'll turn up on time. They'll do the timings. They'll work extra. It's like, it's their actions. Once again, a lot of people talk a good game. I've heard a lot of people talk a good game and I'm like, wow, this guy sounds good, but I'm already knowing. It's not what you say. It's your actions. Mm. And people just need this action. And I'll come back to, again, the process. It's sticking to the process. And that if we stick to the process in the good and the bad, we'll always get the outcome that we want. It's about following it through and not letting setbacks or difficulties or mood thing. The other thing as well is mood. Some people don't take ownership of how they feel and like to blame other people mm. or events or it was that candidate or it was that job. And if they don't start looking inside themselves really like, what did I do wrong? You know, I love it. Like I work in lots of recruitment and listen to themselves. And they're actually genuinely, they're not going, oh God, we're doing that listening thing again. They're going, no, I want to listen because I want to be better. I want to learn what I could have done. I want to learn your input how you feel I could change my next phone call because they're motivated to succeed and that'll, mm. that'll keep happening. And yeah, I just, I just think that s certain people I know when they're not that bothered about being there and it's not something like a passion, it's just a job. Mm. You know, that's the difference I think really. Some people turn it into a passion. Mm. You said a few things there, so like the negative mindset, yeah, like moods controlling them rather than them taking responsibility of their emotions. So I was watching, this is what I wanted to ask you, I think it was one of my questions, right, is I was watching one of your videos on LinkedIn yesterday. I think it was like with Link Healthcare, I think. I love Link. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, it was, it was a couple of the recruiters just sharing their experience with you. And what, what I picked up on was the things that you were just saying there, which was a lot of these people were saying, 
I was feeling this or I had this perspective on the situation. I, I was I was viewing it from a negative standpoint. But sitting down with Chris, it made me realise, no, that isn't how I view things and I can view it in a different way, have a different perspective, right? So what I wanted to ask you was, a lot of people will view things from a negative standpoint, from a negative mm. perspective. Now, it might be easier for me if I sit down with someone like you to help me get to, to view that at a different mm. viewpoint. But obviously what I've found in my life and speaking to people, and I'm by no means perfect, is one of the biggest challenges here is not being aware that you're viewing things from a negative mm. perspective and a negative viewpoint. So like for people listening, obviously if they're, if they're listening, then this might give them opportunities to, to learn and realise, oh, actually, am I someone that view things from a negative place or mm. don't have more, I do have more of a fixed mindset. So what's like your advice for people if they're not even aware, like what's a good first step, a good action, if they're not even aware that they're viewing things from a negative perspective that is holding them back and... Because I think a lot of people aren't aware that a lot of mm. things that you mentioned there requires some sort of self-awareness. Yeah, it's interesting that because you've got the optimist and the pessimist mm. and many people will tell you, I'm a bit of a half half empty guy and we are what we say we are. So straight away you're telling me what you're going to be. <laughs> so everything you said, you've already said, that's who you're going to be from now on. You're like, we're all the same, right? All human beings, all born the same, all got the same minds. It's all happening the same. But some of us look, have been more optimistic, yeah? And it's a habit. It's a thought habit. And it doesn't, you're not always that. And is every one of my thoughts positive and yeah, this is good and it's, it's best for me? No, you didn't. But it is, you just said it, awareness. Mm. Being aware of what you say and listening to what you just said. Sometimes I'll say something and I'll think, that's not me. I don't speak like that. And I'll think I need to reframe that and change it. So I was, this isn't from me actually. I was actually, I'd never go, I, I like the Diary of CEO. Yeah. In fact, I'm obsessed about that's it. Saying, that's I, the number one I listen to. Davina McCall was on it the other day. And do you know what? I'd never, ever choose to listen to her. And it randomly came on. It was absolutely immense. Yeah, it was I good. I, have you, are you listening to it? Yeah, I've listened. I've li I'm like halfway through on that right, one. Well, I'd have never chose it. Do you know, like, sometimes you not choose things and it comes on and you think, this is brilliant. Mm. So I, I listened to it. One of the things she said, it was referring that people who suffer from negativity, because they say it, but after they've said something that is negative, they must then finish it with something more positive that's going to happen. And if they do that in every single sentence that they do, that'll become a habit. So they, they've registered, as soon as they said it, they've said a, something negative is going to happen, but they finish it off with, however, I am looking at making that better. Mm. So every down that they say, they make a positive outcome at the end of it. And they mm. do it in every sentence. And that becomes a habit. And it's like, you'll notice me say habits constantly because thought habits, you know, like I gave it to someone else. I got someone else. What like, so you asked me about what I do with people. I said, I always ask this. Are you in a relationship? And they say, yeah. I go, tell me what you are out of 10. And they'll say, what do you mean? I go, what are you, what are you, what are you out of 10? And then they don't know what to say. They give me a number. The number reflects that we want to get that number. If they go six, I'm like, I need to get you to an eight. Mm. Because I know if you have a happy relationship at home, you're going to be happier at work. So one of the things I say is, when you get on from work, what do you do? Because recruitment is a bit stressful. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> People listen to this, they know that. Sometimes it's a bit stressful and you've got to, mm. you know, wind down. Well, I get in and sometimes for a bit, I mean, I just leave her and I just go upstairs. Sorry, I'm using a man as an example there. And I just go upstairs because I want you to start this habit. I want you to get to the door, walk in every day and just say, hey, how's it going? How was your day? And I want you to do that every day for two weeks. Keep that going every day for two weeks. You know, I mean, you're looking at, you know what's going to happen, don't you? <laughs> Whoever you say that to is going to think, oh. and they're going to say something, okay, back. Because whatever that happened in your day, you left it where it was and you came and you listened to someone else and that becomes a habit then 
you know, and creating little habits like that. It's like you're greeting when you're coming in the office in the morning. Come in the office in the morning, greet everyone with a smile and start with enthusiasm. You begin in a positive day. Bring a mood that you've just had with someone annoying you at the traffic lights or a road thing. That's the day that's going to impact you that day. Mm. You know, so they're all habits, you know, and you can sort of like, it's just like being aware of them. Just like, like awareness is everything. You know, you become awareness and be accountable for what you think and how you act and you'll notice your responses get better. But how can we, like, I would, I want to get your take on, like, because you must sit down with people that aren't aware. You can see it in mm. plain sight, but they can't. So for people listening that, yeah, they may use the language that, you know what, I'm not actually very self-aware or, yeah, I do let the emotions get the better of me or I do, yeah, get in the frame of mind that's negative and I can't snap out mm. of it or I'm, they may not have been aware that, they have have that perspective, right? So what sort of good thought habits or experiments can we share that you found help people develop more self-awareness? It's interesting that because I think everyone is aware. Okay. I think when you sit down with someone, they know what they're like because like what I said to you before, the person who knows you the best is you. Mm. And people get onto the fact that they know that, that what their life's like because of how they think and how they act. They just don't do anything about it. Mm. And it's about... No, that's point, actually. It's about, like, registering that, like, when you do this, you're creating, you're creating an emotion you're setting off. And I want people to live the best life, yeah? And your best life doesn't mean that you're going to have the... It's not going to be a, a brilliant life all the time. You're not going to be happy all the time. Everything's not going to work. But you can have the best life by always acting the same to every single thing that comes. So when something comes and it hits you and you're like, and you're like, you're a bit caught out by it, by a rejection on the phone call, clients let you down at the interview or um, clients let you down in the interview or you've had a deal go down. It's like that now can either take your whole day, move into your week, or you can have a way of resetting right then. So for instance, if something happens to me now and it's really annoyed me, I don't want to show my, show, show my emotion. Right, so I have a thing called Mind the Gap. Victor, frankly, it came from um, a concentration camp. Yeah, man search for me then. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I use it a lot because I love the chain paradox. It's the yeah. book that I get every single yeah, very good. Especially men. Especially men. The chimp, like my chimp has been a big problem in my earlier life and I've learned <laughs> to manage him mostly. But he's also my best friend as well because he can get me out of a lot of situations, <laughs> but I don't let him run my life. And I think the chimp paradox, you know, you say a negative thing, your chimp, that is your chimp. Your chimp responds to negative things and starting to understand why is it you sometimes act like you do sort of thing. And you're like, why do you respond in the same way you eat? What you find is people respond the same that you always had. I'll give you another great book. Wait, mind, mind the gap. Just sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh, what so, were you going to say oh, about Oh, sorry, yeah, gap? mind the gap is the, one of the most useful things in the world. And I'll tell you who did it, actually. So I'm working at a place called Insight and... Uh, yeah, I know. We've had Sean on the podcast. Oh, we've had Sean, yeah. So... When they're in there, they'll say, oh, I asked Sean for something and uh, yeah, he said we're going to see you the next day. And I was thinking, Sean uses Mind the Gap. Because when you're a business owner, because that's the other thing, I've been a big business owner. So I, when I'm working at a business, I act like I'm them because mm. I know what they want mm. and I know what they can't say and I can say it more because I have a relationship that's different. And I think that I can't show my, if I show my emotion to what I really think in every decision that comes in, you won't see the real me you'll see my initial emotion in the moment. My emotion in the moment is not me. That's me processing what's going on. So I need a bit of a time and that's what the gap provides us. So if something annoys me, you'd often find that I'd leave where we were. I'd say, can I, can I, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Can I come back in 10 and give it to you? Because I don't want you to see my emotion because I want you to see my practical, the way I actually deal with things. And in the moment, my chimp, which is sometimes a little bit sort of thing, that will slow down what my actual official response is. I need a bit, a bit of time. And I think if you, I used to get held to my reactions to stimulus. 
Mm. And that doesn't happen in my life anymore. I don't keep my reaction there and then because often that's not who I really am. And if you mm. can give yourself a little bit of time in between that, in between that, you'll find that what you give as your reaction is actually you. It's a bit of a circuit breaker, sort yeah. of. Mm. Well, it's like sometimes they say, don't they? Like, um, like I think we've all been there where we've had something happen, and we're writing an email, and it's straight after mm. something's happened. It's like you fucking did it mm. and it's like yeah and then it's like why don't you just dwell on that and mm. then the email that you would have written and the emotion would have mm. looked very different to the one mm. that when you gave you went even just went to the toilet for 10 minutes or mm. went for a walk the, e the two emails would have looked very different right so yeah i guess i guess what you're saying there is again being aware of that and learning the fact that yeah you're like you just said i think that's really powerful that me reacting or my emotions and me showing my emotions that isn't actually mm. the best sort of um, showcase of who I am because if you were to go away like I just said the email is probably a good example is like that initial mm. email you'd write but then you go away and come back it looked very different so mm. it's like no you've actually thought about it you tried to maybe understand what, what's happened the other person's perspective these things and you've arrived at a place gone okay right I'm not as yeah emotional here and this is how I'm feeling so that's super helpful then for people to think about having some sort of circuit breaker or, yeah. Should I just say this? Actually? It's interesting, like, it's text messages, isn't it? Mm. It's like, if you respond straight away to a text message, it's often not what you really think. And mm. I don't want to say who this is, but someone very big in my life, massive who I love, massively, they won't be listening to this anyway, mm. but I'm not going to say who it is. I love them. You know when you say, how do people change? They used to have a massively negative existence in the way they thought. And it's funny now, because this is someone who's very his family. They used to send me texts. I'd send a text and they'd send an like they'd send a chimp text, raging, yeah. right? And I, what I'd do is I'd never reply to them. And they'd always go, think about it. they'd go, no, they'd go, they knew my no reply was saying that, was on, that wasn't on what you just said. Because <laughs> my no reply is, I'm stuck at first to what reply I don't, but I've observed them as they've become better at being less negative. How I know it is, so last week they sent me a text, one of them. It was deleted in three minutes. I actually yeah, yeah. saw it though. So if I would have been an hour later, I'd have just seen a deleted message. I saw them delete it because they recognised that wasn't who they are now mm. and they were being their old behaviour. And there's a book, if I recommend a book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I say his name wrong every time, Joe Dispenser. Yeah, yeah, Joe Dispenser, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's got loads of podcasts as well. So that's what that's about. That Just because you've always done a certain pattern of behaviour before doesn't mean you can't change it. And, you know, people get addicted to old ways of being and add it to the to now. I've got this beauty that I have, right? I love this. This is a great example. So sometimes when I'm meet, meeting with people, I say, I ask them a question and they'll go, this is a limiting belief. They'll go, in my head, and they'll give this response. And I'll go, oh, interesting. Go, when did you start establishing? So I'm going to give you some. It's 53, this person I'm thinking of. When did you start in my head with that response you've got to that? And you go, well, I started thinking like that when I was 20. Wait, wait, say that again, sorry, in my head, what do you mean? So in my head's an expression that they use for, the, it's like a controlled behaviour that they're going to tell you that they've always done. They're not responding in the moment, they're going to get, I've always been like this. Right, You know okay. when someone says, I've always been like this? Yeah. And then I'll say, when did you start being like that? And they'll say, when I was 20. I go, that's really interesting <sighs> that, because you're telling me you were the smartest you've ever been 30 years ago, and you've lived your whole life because that guy knew exactly what everything was going forward. And they'll go, no. And I'll go, it sounds a bit like it. But until they've registered, and then next time it comes up, they'll think, am I answering this like I was mm. or who I am? And that's the difference. Mm. That's powerful. So I guess we're talking a bit about it here, but one of the questions that I had for you, as you've described, recruitment can consist of a lot of highs and lows for people. So what, what other sort of 
practical frameworks then can you share that you have found, yeah, help the people that you've worked with or sort of common frameworks or habits that people have implemented that you've worked with that have, that have helped them deal with the highs and lows? Is there anything else? So you've, you've spoken about Mind the Gap. Is there anything else? Very quick one from me. Vincherry are one of our podcast partners. And Vincherry, if you don't know already, are an all-in-one recruitment agency software. And I wanted to tell you a bit about the different parts of their product. And today I wanted to tell you about intelligence. Vincherry's intelligence suite is all about empowering you with actionable insights so you can make better decisions and coach teams to higher performance. It's pre-integrated with Vincherry Core CRM and offers the ultimate analytics combo you need to run a successful recruitment business, particularly in the current modern landscape, people working in the office, people working at home. You're going to be able to get access to a library of 50 plus out of the box best practice dashboards. We all love a dashboard. Or you can even build your own using the self-serve analytics studio. Customer using Vincherry love the KPI console, the data integrity, fees forecaster, and temp and contractor dashboards, to name a few. Find out more about Vincherry as a whole and Vincherry Intelligence by using the link in the show notes. And because you listen to this podcast, you will get 10% off your user seats. Back to the episode. Do you know what I found interesting about that question? It's mm. amazing. No one ever really asks about what to do in the highs. We always speak about what to do in the laws. That's a good point. It was an excellent question because it made me think that, because when I meet people who have the highs, the creative, because the top billers, they've got a real resilience about themselves and they've got all the attributes I said before. So they manage that just as well. It's mainly when you think of the lows, you think about people struggling. That's a good and, point. And that's a lot of what I do. And when you said that, identify me. I read, those who are winning always win, you know, and they keep winning because it's an action and it's a habit. You know, and, they, and they're resilient. They get back up. They keep doing it. They see a set, but they don't see, they see failure as feedback. So it's interesting when I'm with them, all they're looking at is how can I be better? How can I be better? How can I be better? Because they're already on a high. They're just wanting to know what little things can I do to be even better? So it's more when you put that question, I was looking at how do people face the laws? Yeah. How do people face yeah, the Yeah, no, laws? it's a good point, actually. That's where you sort of, where you, where you gravitate towards. Mm. I think that's everyone. It was like really interesting. It made me really think on the train actually. So definitely the laws. I think first difference between winning and losing is in your head. That's what it is. Because winners and losers just make decisions that are based in their head. And it, it, it's a way of thinking. So we're back to mindset again. So that's a big difference. Yesterday I did it. I was sat somebody go, yeah, I don't know what to do when I'm at that. I get a bit stressed and I find that. And I said, I said, just now, just do me now. Just go... You feel completely different. Just off two. Mm. You That's, completely change your physiology. Completely changes it. That's th and I always just do three because it takes a bit of time and we've only got a short bit of time. That's three. So if you're in a real bad way, you do ten. You complete even off three, you completely find yourself rebalancing and just like mm. and you're like, I'm all right. <laughs> you're almost like reconnecting with yourself, you know, like breathing and breathing exercises bring you back down because when you get a bit stressed your, your heart rate's going thinking you're all frantic you're tight you're tense as soon as you concentrate on something else you know mindfulness getting away again i always suggest get out of the office a minute just stand outside and just observe mm. because as soon as you take your mind off things because when you're in the present moment everything's all right 
the problems being when you look at the future in the past. Mm. And sometimes we're all guilty of that. And when you go and get like, go outside, do the breathing exercise. A lot of them will go, I got outside for a smoke. I don't like, <laughs> I'm not a smoker, but I think the going outside and the dealing with that moment, I don't think that's the right way. Go outside and just observe things. It's that taking your mind off what it was. Because as soon as you come back into the moment, you'll realise actually, all right, what this little thing is, is not that big. And all you need to do now is do some actions and go forward and get back to the process. Mm. And I think that people forget that. The simple ways to reset and, met, you know, bring themselves back into the room, you know, because people are chaotic. Once you get getting things going wrong, it's that negative mindset. It starts. So we need to reboot the system. And I always find the breathing exercises are immense. But you forget because it's so obvious. It's like, you know, like the thing is like, it's like inventions. You look, yeah, oh, it's too obvious that. No, the obvious is what people forget. Simple little thing. Lunchtime, go for a walk. You're having a crap day, go for a walk. Mm. It wins, not sometimes, every time. You might be 100, you'll never lose it completely, but you come back in the room and you get more logical. You're coming back to you, getting rid of the emotion, getting rid of all the anguish that's come with whatever that subject is. You need to remove yourself from it and just have a little bit of a time to rebalance, bring yourself back to normal. And it's simple. That sounds it. No, no, yeah, it is very powerful. What I want to ask you then Spoken about some of the things there, breathing, going outside. Do you think you can build resilience or are you born with it? A hundred percent think you can build it. I look at my life, I've had some tough challenges. This is another thing that I really love. All my tough challenges, and some of them are pretty crazy, I'm not here to talk about them, but I'd never change them. Yeah? You hear that a lot. Yeah, I'd never change. And so when you're having a tough challenge, yeah, it's difficult to see going through it. But just remember, if you'd never change the other ones, this is building you. Whatever's happening now is building you. So I believe that resilience is is a thought in your mind of how, of how you go about it. It's a thought about not giving in. It's a thought about moving forward. It's a thought about even when things are against you, you still show up. You still get on with it. And once you start doing it, it becomes a habit. Showing up's a habit. Do you know what I mean? I love this start. I got it off the diary CEO. 90% of everything we do is showing up. I'm worried about... I, I actually didn't worry about this. I couldn't wait to come. Genuine. <laughs> love it. I love this stuff. It was like... But someone else might be worrying, just show up. Once you're here, it'll do it. It'll start, it'll happen. On that phone call, just pick it up. Once you've got it in your hand, it'll keep going, it'll happen. And that's resilience. And in recruitment, you know, like, there's a, uh, at Strive, there's a guy called Harrison who I absolutely love. Mm. And I saw him, he picked, he, like, he picked, he is resilient. He picks up the phone and he gets told to F off, yeah? What does he do? He instantly picks the phone, but dials him back and he went, sorry about that, I think we got cut off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's stuff like that. That is resilience. And I think it's a process and you can build it up, yeah. Or you can think, no, I'm not resilient. As soon as I say I'm not, I become what I say I am. But why am I say I am? I'm growing more resilient every day. Recruitment will make you resilient mm. if you're in it a long time without a doubt or you're out of it. So do you think you can only build resilience then by going through things? Yeah. 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 But what is life? All of life is going through summer. Even those of you think of having an amazing life, they haven't. They're going through summer, a personal battle, a relationship battle, a battle with it internally, a battle in their environment, whatever it is. You, no one's got that amazing, you know, some of us have got better lives than others, but we're all facing some kind of struggle. Mm. And then the other, other thing I wanted to ask you, this is something, a, a big belief that, that I have, but I wanted to ask your thoughts on it with, with what you do and the journey that that you're on is how important is personal responsibility within this conversation? Because I think you you mentioned it earlier. I think um, 
in the world that we live in today, I feel like we can always find someone to point the finger at. And sometimes, rightly so, sometimes I think it's a bit of a get out of jail free card. So how, with the things that we're talking about, changing yeah, our perspective for the better, being more positive, building more resilience, how important is personal responsibility with, as part of that? Absolutely everything. I didn't, you know, like, that was one of the questions. I didn't even write anything down because <laughs> I think accountability, personal responsibility is everything. Like, it's you that does everything. No, you know, like, some people might have some lucky breaks and whatnot. They might have, it might be a family business and they're going to do it and it's up to them. But the rest of us, the majority of that is, like, today, your personal responsibility, you got let down today. What do you mm. do? Just got on. You mm. came on. You made the best of what you got. You got it going. You were responsible for what went on. Mm. I, I think that... I'm responsible for getting up this morning. I'm responsible for going to bed earlier last night. I'm responsible for making sure last night I got all my stuff ready so I wasn't stressed this morning because I come in here stressed. It's not the thing to do, you know. I'm responsible for everything. I'm responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I think. I'm responsible for my actions. If something happens to me, I take responsibility even if you did it to me. Because it's like, how did I respond to that? How did I let someone else get in my life to do it? Because every part of it, when I look back, is a point that I could change. Mm. And it's like, you asked about top billers and those at the top and those at the highs. They do. They are accountable, unbelievably. When I was coming here this morning, I buzzed off this. I always say that actions and words are different. Looked on my Instagram, story from three of the guys at Strive, all 6am boot class this morning, winners. Actions of winners, being accountable. They know that in recruitment, I meet them all, like exercise for me, exercise is everything for mm. me because it's it's discipline and discipline is everything in life. It's personal responsibility is discipline. And I looked at that and I buzzed off it because they know that end of the day, you're knackered. I mean, if someone, uh, people do go end of the day, but majority, you go at 6 a.m., you've done it then. and You can mm. crack on with your work. You've achieved something. You've passed the first thing. You're disciplined, Sean. You're already believing yourself. You get that belief, you take it with you and it is accountable. And that's, I think, where it goes wrong when I'm meeting people they're not accountable for their own actions let's talk about that because like that's yeah I'm I'm a big believer in that but I didn't always think like that and I didn't always immediately think what could I have done better I definitely didn't always have that mindset I'm not quite sure exactly what the first step was or the journey to getting more towards the way that you're talking about things but that's how I approach things so for people listening that aren't quite there yet and like you just said that sometimes can prevent people from mm. fulfilling their potential getting to where they want to how can we get closer to that what do we need to start doing to get closer to more being more personally accountable why did you change yeah it's a good question why did i change and when so when was it and why so the the story for me was really quickly early 20s 30 of march <laughs> early 20s talking like yeah 22 somewhere around there where it all all changed for me there was definitely a moment and it all catalyst from there so I was a part of a friendship group and at that point all I cared about was going out mm. pulling girls that's that's <laughs> yeah. all it was that's that that was the the main thing mm. and then two of my friends in that friendship group that I was close with but you know you're closer with some people than you are others mm. but I started to notice that they weren't coming around to smoke weed and watch Geordie Shaw. They weren't coming round for the pre-drinks and going out. And I was really, I, I've always been a quite curious person. Mm. 
My mates like to call me a journo because <laughs> I like to ask a lot of questions. But yeah, I'm quite. I'd, I'd That's take my nickname question. Is it? Yeah. So, um, so I was curious as to like why they were sort of branching off from the group. And anyway, long story short is what I realised when I became curious about that was they made the decision, and that decision was that they felt their time was better spent focusing on themselves. Mm. So the epiphany that sort of I had through that was the best investment you can make is in yourself. Mm. Sounds really simple and straightforward, mm. but yeah, I like that. that's sort of how I arrived at that. So then ever since then, that's when I've been interested in personal development, mm. curious about being the best version of myself and how do you do that? So it all started from there, I'd say. And then it's just like, for me, what's really freeing about the personal responsibility and accountability, which is why I think it's really important, mm. particularly with the world today and the landscape today. Like if you woke up every day and decided to read, watch everything externally and you and that dictated how you felt about the world and your perspective in these things, like what chance have you got mm. to think that Total. We've got a group, <laughs> yeah, like mm. I'm happy and these things. There's so many, every single day, there's reasons why I shouldn't be happy or mm. reasons why the world's fucked and these types of things. So, like, for me, I think one of the most freeing things you can do is taking responsibility yeah. and feeling like you're actually in control. Because, mm. yeah, like, when you don't feel like you have control, that isn't a nice feeling, but there's a lot you can control. So I'd rather, I think it's a lot more, yeah, it helps me and it's a lot more powerful to mm. be like, no, I'm, what could I have done better or I could have done this it's just way more freeing it's I feel lighter for it so the main thing is I use this one a lot control the controllables mm. what's the one controllable you can control all the time how I react it's you I feel yeah yeah you y your actions what you do how you think mm. and when you said before how does a person who's negative you can control it because you're the one who had the thought so if you have a thought and you know it's not going to help you out you can flip it and you just have to become aware you know like your true sense is not to not to have doubt, but doubt is sometimes in us, but doubt stops us from performing. So what doubt will do is, is let us down. Mm. So we need to get rid of doubt. And doubt gets rid of by believing in yourself, making changes. And that's what you basically said to me. You made changes. Mm. I, uh, I, there's nothing better than I see than I sit down with someone and we talk about changes and then I start watching them make it. And it's like, it's quite emotional. Mm. I think of one, uh, there's a guy called Dan Gorad. So he reminds me of me. He's a lot younger. He's half my age. He uh, is it Strive, right? Yeah, he works with my son. And um, what I love about it, and I mean, I love this guy. Obviously, because people, my son, you know, I yeah, of course. I, I work with them. You get very intimate in work. You know, I I have a passion for everyone I work with. Some people, I just we we just hit it off. We discussed a lot of things that had helped him out, and he was doing already. He was already doing really good, and then he started to do everything that we discussed. And it's once again. So I'm on his Insta. Just watching a performer perform at the weekend, six in the morning, up a hike, doing something else. He's not he's stopped, not going out on the drink all the time anymore, not getting in that behaviour, starting to do things that make him perform. And he's happier than he's ever been. And you look at him and you think, this guy is doing everything in order to be better. But mm. then he does some more. And it's people like that, I just think, I don't know, it makes me very emotional. Because mm. I just think, I see me in him. You know, not everyone's like me. Not everyone I meet's like me. And when I meet someone who's similar to me, I know we can work together. And I watch him and I think, I've got a lot to learn from them. That's the other thing I want you to know, that I learn a lot from these people that I meet. Because I'm not a finished project. I'm into change every day. I want to be better than what I was yesterday. Because today's a new opportunity to begin.
So I love that. You know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do what I do. You know, I kind of, I get paid for doing something I love. But I'll tell you one thing about it. If I do a full day, I leave, I lose my soul. Because <laughs> I give everyone. Sometimes I leave and I need to be in check because I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I walk from that to that train station and I slowly, my because I've got to give 20 people the same energy. And I do. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I realise. So now I have to go. I've got to manage myself. What do I do now? I've got to go into like fight back. I know what's going to happen. I'm prepared for it. And I need to go like self-preservation. Go with the flow because I know that the next day is a new day and I'll be absolutely bouncing again. But I just need to take it easy. Mm. And that's the thing that people realise when they leave work. If work's been big, you need to work on you to calm yourself down. Mm. So as we come to the end here then, just curious to get your thoughts on this. You're, You're a father. Yeah, clearly really passionate about being Very the best dad you can be. You raising a, a family in today's world, mental health. What, how do you feel about that? Because clearly, yeah, that whole time would have been completely different when you were growing up. I didn't even know what it was. That's what I mean. So <laughs> like how, I don't know, how do you feel as a, as a father and yeah, mental health and, and suicide being the biggest killer of young men, these oh, things? Oh yeah, oh, that's been an impact in my life in other areas. But I see that mindset and well-being is one of them things, if you, if you keep your mindset intact and keep working on it, mental health will be further away from you because you're always working on being in a certain place. You're on about my kids. I've got this amazing thing happening right now. My middle son, who's going to be a top, top, top elite performer, is currently at Strive doing work experience for two days with his big brother, watching his brother on the phone being unbelievable. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that I can give my kids. Like, Mm. you, you know, you don't do work experience in school anymore. They don't do it. Really? That's crazy. Mm. So we took it on us. Not we, Funny enough, Dylan sorted it. And I saw, I looked at Luke today. He's doing a pitch in front of everyone about what he's learned about Strive wow. around the kind of people I want him to become, the environment I want him to be in. And he's like, I got to see my son perform on a phone and sell the dream and watch him. And no one gets to do that. If I had a thought when I was a kid, I was going to be, when I was younger, that I was going to watch my son do that. Mm. It's one of my proudest moments. And the fact my other son is watching my, all the sun perform it's just like it's special real special and I just know that it's the beginning of him being an unbelievable performer because he's going to watch them people and he's going to want to be one of them and mm. he's going to act like one of them and I think that I've placed him around that and I constantly with my kids talk about I don't talk about mental health I talk about I go this is me and this is no word of a lie <laughs> and I mean I do this like I've had tough times in my life. Recently, I became single uh, beginning of last year. I didn't want to do that. I had to go motivate everyone when I wasn't feeling the best mm. motivated. But mindset is always the thing that gets you through it. And when then I was struggling a bit, I walk in the morning, I go, right, come on, wait, more Lucas, because he's older. So you know what it's like getting him out of bed, it's dragging him out. Right, Lucas, up we go. Come on, today is going to be a powerful day for you. You're going to make some good relationships. And from the off, you're going to start achieving things from the morning. You're going to have the best day. I want you to go out and make other people feel good and show everyone who you are. That's how you and start he, the day. That's, and he'll be like, he'll go, this is awesome. he said this to me before. He's good, Dad, does everything have to be a lesson? And I'll go, I'll go, I'm glad you said that, Luke. That's brilliant. Because yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's awesome. So look, part on advice. What do we want to leave with people? If they're still with us, they're listening, they want change. What's the part on advice for people who want to fulfill their potential when it comes to to mindset? What, what do you want to leave them with? Okay. So first one I'll leave with founders and MDs. You want to get me into your business and f- business quite quick? That's the first one. <laughs> Absolutely. Get that in BDBD. <laughs> Just that if you did like, so change can happen anytime. You're not a victim of the past. 
And every, if you think to yourself, today's a day, today is, every day is an independent day and it's up to you what you do, where you go from it. If you failed in the past and you've not been able to do it, okay, that's fine. But as long as you keep trying, when you keep trying, eventually you'll get to your goals. That's what I wrote on my Insta today. Like, if you keep trying, eventually success has come. And do you know what? Coming having a podcast with you is a sign of success of what I've been doing. And mm. that made me feel really good and I appreciate that, like, from the bottom of my soul, that... I know this is the platform to get to speak to other recruiters because I love the recruitment because they mm. need mindset, I'm telling you, because it's the biggest test. And I think you can do it. Read, get into it, get a mentor, get around the right people. You said it before. You said it when I asked you what changed you. It's who you knock around with. Mm. Who you knock around, you'll become. So, like, I notice in recruitment, I see it all the time. I see it, they're like, they're stopping knocking around with people they knocked around with at school because they're trying to match who they are now. And there's nothing up with that. I still love my mates from school. And I've met one for the last two Mondays and he's messing up. And I've got a responsibility to him. Because I said to him, yeah, I, if, I, if I'm at your funeral, I'll be sad that I, I'm not doing out. But I don't do it all the time. Because I need to be around the kind of people who met me feel alive. And met me want, I look at them and think, I want to be them. Place yourself around them and you'll become them. And I like that. Change can happen at any time. Any time, honestly. Any time. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope there were plenty of golden nuggets for you to take away. As you'll know, I'm your host here of the Recruitment Mentors podcast, but I'm also the founder of Recruitment Mentors. We're a online subscription-based learning and education platform. We're on a mission to help thousands of recruiters achieve their professional goals and successfully progress their careers through modern and engaging online learning. If you're a recruitment business owner listening to this, there's a good chance that you value self-development, personal development. You're trying to develop a culture of continuous improvement. But we've partnered with a number of grown recruitment companies who were struggling to understand how they can invest more in their people, how they can upskill them more quickly without spending more time, without having to spend thousands of pounds of external trainers. And we've ended up being a really great fit, modern fit for recruitment teams. We can ultimately help you get more out of your teams by giving your people access to modern and engaging online learning, which they can access on demand. The thing that's really cool about what we're doing at Recruitment Mentors is that all of the people that your teams are able to learn from and the people that are delivering the learning content are people that are in role right now. They're billing, they're actively facing the challenges that your teams are, and a lot of the time they're amongst the top performers within their companies, which means your teams are going to be way more confident to learn and spend time on their learning when they know they're learning from people that are doing it right now, have been there and done it. There's nothing worse than feeling like training is not relevant and not current. The best place to find out more about Recruitment Mentors and if we can help you accelerate your team's performance is uh, send me a message on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn directly and I'd love to connect with you and, and find out if we can help you get more out of your people.